0: Welcome to the OCR Underground Show. Each week, you get the latest research, training secrets of top coaches, and everything you need to crush your next obstacle course race and finish burpee free. Here's your host, SGX coach Mike Diebler. All right, well, welcome to the OCR Underground. This is episode 58. I am your host, Mike Diebler. As always, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, our goal here is simple. We want to teach you smarter ways to train for your next OCR to keep you safe, injury-free, and so you have the, the best race of the year. Um, well, if you want to check out the show notes for this week's episode, you can head over to ocrunderground.com slash episode 58. Um, well, we are in january so all of you guys know what that means it's time for new year's resolutions and uh this is one of those topics that's always debated every single january is is it worth having new year's resolutions are these good things bad things and i figured why not start this this episode just talking a little bit about my take on new year's resolutions and i i think the debate comes in where when we look at the statistics um, most people are going to fail. So if you're, if you're going to set a new year's resolution this year, you're probably going to fail. And I, I hate starting out a show negative, you know, right off the bat, but you know, numbers don't lie. And they, they show us that most that try this are, are going to fail. And then that leads to saying, well, if, you know, if you're going to fail, you know, it's just going to lead to bad things or I don't, I don't even really know the, the thought process behind it. Um, but I know a lot of people will just say they're dumb, you know, and, you know, and and there is nothing special about January, right? (laughs) It's the first month on the calendar. So I know it's nice to kind of think, uh, redo, we get to redo the last year or um, start fresh. And I think all the all those are great mentalities that we we can have, right? So sometimes we need a start. And that's the hardest thing for most of us to do is just to start something. And, you know, when January hits, it's like easy to say, I'm going to start something right now. So when we look at you know, how the, the odds are against us, right? Uh, if we know most people are going to fail, why, why bother? And I I just don't like that mentality, right? Just because other people will likely fail, they're going to set a New Year's resolution, set a goal and not follow through, should have absolutely no influence on you. You know, if if everybody out there fails except you, that's pretty awesome, right? For you, at least. Um, and hopefully you lead the way for others. But I, I think we need to take that approach where... Um, it doesn't matter what other people are going to do because all you can influence is the decisions you make. And that's what I want you to start to think about. If, if you plan on setting a new, new year's resolution, maybe you already have, or maybe I can help you tweak it a little bit to make sure that it's uh, going to be successful. But I just want to at least start off with, I, I think they're important. I think that we're always setting goals because then what are we doing? We're just kind of randomly going throughout life and whether it's training, financial, relationships, whatever, right? You can use this for all of it. Obviously, we're going to focus on training and, and getting you better, stronger, faster, all those good things. But the the foundation of all of these is the same. So um, so yes, I, I think uh, we need to, this is something that will help most people. Uh, now, when we look at, yes, most people are going to fail, we also need to look at, well, what does fail mean? I, I think it more means that you never even tried. And that's not setting a goal and just saying, well, you know, this is dumb. Most people won't, really accomplish what they're trying to do. So um, I'm not even going to set myself up for failure. And again, I just don't like that that mentality. And I think we can turn it around and say, okay, I'm going to set a goal. And uh, even if you don't hit that goal, a lot of good things can come from it. And I, I think that's the important thing with all of the goals we set. You know, Sometimes we set really low goals, which sometimes that's appropriate just to kind of get the ball rolling. Um, but I know a lot of people might be against like those big almost unachievable goals because really you don't know what you can't do until you try and when we set a big goal even if you fall short you probably would have surpassed what you originally had intended right so maybe your goal this year is to um you know maybe a smaller goal would be like just to race in age group category in a Spartan race. You you normally do open and you want this year to step it up and and try age group. So that might be a goal, um, great goal to have. And you know, not not anything crazy. I think most people can do that. It's just more of a mindset thing than anything else. Um, But maybe a a bigger goal is, well, I want to come in top 10 or I want a podium. And that might be just huge and almost unbelievable. But with a good plan, with training, you know, anything is possible there. And I'm not going to say that anybody can podium in an age group race but um i think let's say we set that as the goal in versus just signing up for age group um now let's say your 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 goal was to come top 10 and you came in top 20 uh, for a race uh, this year so i that's still awesome right if you look at where you started and where you finished that's the important thing and that we can't really call a failure right and most people will when they say well i set the goal to lose 20 pounds and i only lost 13 like and downplaying that that 13 pounds like you just worked so hard to get those 13 that's a win that's a success and not a failure so um that's that's the takeaway and that's the important thing that we we set goals stretch, stretch a little bit with those goals and, um, you know, reach. So, and if, if you don't hit it, that's okay. But by stretching, did it help you achieve something a little bit further? And obviously you can go too far, something so unrealistic that it it becomes demotivating and you give up. So, you know, we have to be uh, careful with how far we stretch, but, but I think it's a good idea to, to reach a little bit. So now I I could ramble on and we can talk all this whole episode about goal setting, but I really just wanted to keep this as a a shorter intro, but I do want to, you know, just remind you of one thing. There's so many things you can do to be more likely to achieve your goal. And I just, I want to be brief with this, but I think something as simple as writing it down, something you can see it every day and having a specific plan to reach that goal. It's great to set, you know, I want a podium and age group. But what specifically are you going to do? Are you going to hire a coach? Are you going to find people that are better than you that you can train with? You know, just having specific steps to take in order to to achieve that goal. And if you have no clue, this is a perfect opportunity to ask for help. And that's kind of the main point I wanted to bring. uh, With one thing I think you should do is make it social. You know, just whether it's just an email to a friend, uh, email me. You know, just you can email me at mike at Ocrunderground.com. let me know what your goal is and uh, uh just having somebody else know and maybe check in on you every once in a while to uh, make sure that you are sticking with it and and staying accountable I think is a, is a great thing and uh Uh, just going off of that I'll I'll share with you my goal for this year so uh, one thing and and actually this I I thought was a fun idea that we did as a family we set our goal together and we all have our individual goal but kind of the theme of this year for us was just trying something new so um, that is you know for for our son for example it was just trying new foods we just want him to not look at something and say I don't I'm not gonna like this and and try and just change his mentality to uh well I my goal was to try new things so I'm just gonna try it and if he doesn't like it he doesn't like it but at least he he tried it so um that was kind of our thought press process uh, for our goals this year and you know mine was uh, I want to be able to do a handstand right I've never been able to do a handstand i it's not something I've ever really tried too much to to do so I figured uh, that's just something you know it's a something athletic that um, I think I should be able to do but I just don't have the appropriate skill uh, to do it right now. So I'm working on my handstand and actually I've, you know, just a couple of weeks in and I'm, I'm actually doing all right. And I I think I'm going to hit that goal pretty soon. And, uh, why I like this goal, why it was more of a theme, because once I hit this goal uh, of doing a handstand, um, now I'm going to move on to the next thing and maybe I'll learn how to play the piano or, um, I don't know, something cool. I, I, am going to have to get a list going, uh, because I hit this goal a little faster or going, I'm hopefully going to hit this goal a little bit faster than I thought. So uh, I am going to have to come up with a list, all the fun, cool, new things I want to learn how to do to keep my brain just uh, active and and always learning and getting better regardless of what the skill might be. So uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys so you can check in on me. Um, but the nice thing with social media, I'll, I'll post pictures of me trying and failing at handstands, uh, you can do the same, you know, just post out there. Hey guys, this is what my goal is. Um, I'd love any support. And if people aren't going to support you, you know, that's fine. You don't, you don't need to be around them a whole lot, but you'll find the ones that, uh, are trying to help you. And, and those, are the ones that you should spend as much time as possible with. So, uh, hopefully that all made sense, uh, in my intro rambling, but, uh, we can get into, uh, this week's show. And I wanted to uh, start off with our sponsors, so this first message is for graduating high school athletes. Uh, are you ready to start something epic? How about starting your college career on the first and only collegiate obstacle course racing team in the nation? If you've been OCR racing, you need to check out Umpqua Community College in Southern Oregon. The really cool thing is athletes get in-state tuition. So if you are coming from out of state, we know in-state tuition uh, is going to be significantly more affordable um, and they actually have scholarship money available so pretty sweet go to school um, maybe get your school paid for but if nothing else you get in-state tuition which is pretty awesome Uh, they do spartan races terrain races warrior dash much more they have their own OCR course own RCR races um, a bunch of accomplishments that they've already um, achieved in, in a short time that they've been around they have multiple age group top uh, three finishes in uh, Spartan Racing. They qualified for the OCR World Championship at the Warrior Dash um, and and just growing from there. Coach is an SGX coach uh, and racer, uh, Andrea Bowden, who's been uh, a previous guest on our podcast. Um, but really cool opportunity for your... Uh, OCR career, athletic career. Uh, Umpqua Community College has transfer programs, career and technical programs, small class sizes. Uh, The school is surrounded by forest with a view of the gorgeous North Umpqua River. Um, Beautiful location, um, great place to train, to race. Um, If you are interested, check out the link in the show notes to learn more or you can check out Umpqua Community College. And actually I have something from our next sponsor right in front of me that I'm uh, drinking uh, my uh, post-workout smoothie, and that is from Designer Protein. So my, kind of my go-to with them is I love their uh, chocolate mocha protein, whey protein, and I'll just mix it with a uh, little bit of peanut butter. Sometimes I might throw a little banana in there if I want the extra carbs, or just peanut butter, chocolate, uh, your favorite form of milk, some ice, and pretty simple. That's it. And that's my go-to. So I have some right here in front of me. Just finished my workout before recording this. And I'm just sipping on that as, as I record. So uh, check out all their protein products at designerprotein.com. And don't forget, you can get 20% off your order using the code Premier 20 all right, well, we're actually like 12 minutes into this episode, so we probably should get into it a little bit more. Uh, so what we're going to talk about this week is, in the Inside Mike's Mind, I'm going to talk about uh, strength training. And to get more specific, um, I want to talk about what components make up a good strength program. So we're going to go into all the different things you should be considering uh, when, you're, when you're doing a strength workout. In our research review, I'm going to look at bilateral asymmetries and knee pain. So basically looking at how um, your strength... Left compared to right will influence injuries and things like that. And in our coach's corner, I have on Coach Q, and we're going to talk about his journey from competitive bodybuilder to OCR and uh, coaching and, and training and, and much more. He's going to give uh, his thoughts on all the different techniques for for therapy and taking care of your body. And he's doing some really cool stuff with his clients and, and how he kind of uh, took care of himself through some some issues he was dealing with. Uh, so all that and much more in His interview. So let's get into this week's episode. All right, well, welcome to the Inside Mike's Mind segment. And here's where I just like to probably ramble a little bit too much, but talk about things that are just on my mind that I think will help you out. And I recently... Uh, wrote an article for Spartan on uh, actually on the components of a warm up, And I thought I'd just expand on that a little bit more and just talk about if you're going to do a strength workout, I don't think it's as simple as just lifting heavy weight. And I think there is an art to putting together a, a com- comprehensive and complete strength program. So I at least wanted to briefly go over each of the, the segments and we can spend a whole episode on this. So again, I'm going to try and get to the point and give you the highlights. So uh, we're going to start with our warmup. And uh, I think a great place to start is number one, probably some breathing exercises. So if you're not doing any form of uh, diaphragmatic breath work, just working on better breathing patterns, I think during a warm up is a great place to do that. You can definitely integrate it with some other things like your foam roll and stretching and and some other work. But I I just want to start with that because I think that really sets up the whole workout when you're really... Uh, reinforcing the good breathing that you should be doing, uh, not just through the workout, but for the rest of the day. Um, from there, uh, I think our first start after the, getting the breathing down is going to be some type of soft tissue work. So uh, in our warm-up, making sure we're really improving the, the, the tissue quality and moving uh, fluid around and, and just getting the, the, uh, the muscles to, to relax and, and get ready for the workout. Once we do our foam rolling, we're going to move into some type of stretch and mobility work. Uh, I'm a proponent of lots of different forms of stretching, whether it's active, passive, uh, dynamic, uh, PNF. There's so many different things we can do, but you're, you're doing something to increase the mobility. And really, you're going to target on the areas where you need the most work. So you should know like where your... Uh, problem areas are where you're tight and if you're the type of person that is you'll bend down and touch your palms to the floor and touch your elbows behind your back and actually display hypermobility then this really isn't going to be a big part of your workout you might do a few things to get moving but really you don't want to be enhancing any more mobility you already have too much as it is Um, but i think for most people they they have a few areas that they need to really increase mobility Um, and then after we go through mobility we want to really lock in that new movement and do some activation work and here we really focus on Uh, enhancing what we just worked on with our mobility. So if you just worked on something to increase your um, uh, hamstring flexibility and you should follow that up with some type of work that will take that hip through uh, hip flexion probably or or some type of um, movement that is restricted by the hamstring to really engage the muscles that need to work more. Now, this is often where we see a lot of stability work because once you've improved mobility, we wanna make sure we we have stability to, to control that mobility. So things that are working on stability of the, the foot, the knee, uh, the core, the scapula, all, all of these are great places to start with your activation work. Um, then we're going to get into some type of movement prep work. And this kind of depends on what you have going on that day. So if, if you are going to be doing some deadlifts, you might be doing some things to prep you for hip hinging and deadlifting. Uh, if you're going to be doing some pressing, maybe some some prep work for the shoulders. Uh, maybe you're, you're going to be doing some uh, running uh, and you want to do some uh, dynamic warm-up with like skipping and um, shuffling and, and uh, backpedaling, things like that. But some type of more uh, movement-specific work that's going to really... Um, reinforce everything you just did, right? Your, your main part of your warmup was getting the tissue warmed up, ready, getting the joints more mobile and, and active. But now we want to really lock that in and get bigger movement patterns in there. So that kind of completes our, our warmup. Um, I know I went through that quickly. Uh, I'll link to the article as soon as it comes out with uh, Spartan and you can see uh, examples of each of those, but that is a big portion of your, your workout. Everything I just listed there, it's probably gonna take you a good 20 minutes to get through, uh, you know, more or less, depending on how much work you actually need, but take the time. Uh, this is really where our things are gonna pay off and this is where it should be customized and it's hard to follow somebody else's plan because you need to work on the things that are your, your biggest weaknesses and, and problem areas. Uh, once we get through all of this um, and we're, we're warm, movement prep, we're uh, ready to go, now we're gonna start the program with probably some type of power work or complex work. And I just mean... This is the thing, these are the things that require a lot of concentration, usually high intensity, a lot of effort, uh, because we're going to do it early on in the workout when we're freshest, because if you're fatigued and you start doing, um, power cleans or, uh, box jumps or, or something that is, um, there's high risk of injury, right? We don't want to do that later on in the workout. I want to do it when you're, when you're fresh and ready to go. So I think there's a lot of things we can throw into this power section, but, uh, depending on, on your fitness level and your skill But this is essentially where we're gonna see Olympic lifting. So this could be like barbell cleans, kettlebell cleans, snatches, things like that. Uh, Plyometrics would probably be uh, a good place for this here. Maybe even agility drills if you're just getting started. So more low impact uh, uh, reaction drills. And uh, med ball throws. Med ball throws are great for this area. So a little bit of uh, upper body, lower body combo work, but uh, plyos, Olympic lifts would be a great place to, to start your workout and uh, make sure you're fresh. That technique is down because there's so much skill involved with most of of these types of exercises. Uh, once we move on from the power segment, now we're going to get into our strength work. So this is going to be the bulk of the workout where now we're trying to get stronger. Um, there are different ways we can do it. A lot of times I'll work on total body splits. So we're hitting a little bit of everything. If you're hitting the gym a little bit more often, you might be doing some type of, of split, but We wanna divide our strength work into kind of the main movement patterns. So what we wanna make sure we include, whether it's in one day or maybe split up through a couple days, depending, like I said, how you design your workout, uh, we wanna hit the big patterns. So we're gonna do some type of bilateral quad dominant movement. This would be something like a squat. We're going to do a bilateral hip dominant movement, something like a deadlift. And we also want to include unilateral versions of each of those exercises. So maybe something like a lunge and a single leg bridge or a single leg deadlift, something like that. That will cover most of our lower body exercises there. And obviously there's tons of variations we can do. And then in the upper body, we're going to do some type of Horizontal push, so your your push up, your chest press, uh, some type of horizontal pull, so dumbbell rows, TRX rows, something like that, and uh, vertical pushes, overhead presses, and then your vertical pulls, you know, pull downs, chin ups, things like that. So obviously, there's lots of ways we can combine this. Um, uh, we we're not going to get into sets, reps, all of those things, the details, but I at least want you to see the the big picture of the workout. Your goal is to pick at least one exercise from each of those components. And if you did that, and that one exercise from each of those areas, you know you've, you've hit everything. Like, forget about muscle groups. Who, who cares what muscles are working? You're gonna train those patterns and get better at those movements. You do all that, you'll hit all the muscles. Um, but again, we don't, we, wanna, we don't wanna focus on the muscles because the body doesn't work. That way it works in patterns. Those are our main patterns that we wanna include into the program. So make sure you hit each of those. Now that should take up, like I said, the majority of your workout, um, and that might be it for you. But you know, a lot of times with uh, with OCR training, we we do want to get some conditioning in there outside of running. So this uh, to finish off the workout, this would be a great time to throw in some metabolic conditioning work. And uh, here, this could be things like, you know, anything that's really going to get your heart rate up um, and and help prove, improve that conditioning. So uh, you might see burpees here, kettlebell swings, med ball slams, running in place, um, the, the, you know, sled pushes, battling ropes, uh, interval work. Uh, uh, so many different ways that we can do it. But finishing off the workout with some high intensity work, push that heart rate, get that intensity up. And just kind of finish off, and, and the idea is once you're done with that, the workout's done. You're not ready for any, or you, you don't want to do anything else. So, um, again, that was kind of a general view. Uh, I uh, core some core stuff. Uh, I didn't really mention that. You know, in the beginning, I, I did say some activation work. We can do some some core work, uh, but you know that can be that's a good thing to scatter throughout your strength work too. And that might actually be um, part of like a superset or a tricep to give you a little bit of recovery in between some of the bigger lifts. So, um, again, not necessarily right. And well, I guess there are wrong ways to set this up, but there's a lot of variety, but if you at least get these key components, I think you're on the right track to a great strength workout. So hope that gives you some clarity and helps you out when you're putting together your next workout routine. All right, it's time for our research review, and I want to talk about a recent study that was in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning talking about uh, asymmetry and balance, and specifically looking at strength between the left and right side, and, and I think this is a really important topic, and obviously, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I stress the importance of injury reduction and, and just doing everything possible to help avoid injuries because it's a pain, and you can do all the right things, and then if you do one dumb thing, and uh, you you set yourself up for an injury and now you miss out on some races that were uh, really important to you. So I want to really make sure we provide information to help you stay healthy and fresh so you can race and and do all the stuff that you want to do. And I think this is a, a really important topic and just talking about asymmetry. So when you have a difference between left and right side, a significant difference, that is a high risk factor for injury. So we won't be perfectly balanced. You're, you you know, you, you write with one hand, you throw with one hand, most likely. I know there's some people that can do things with both, but let's just, for the majority we'll agree that we have a dominant side and a non-dominant side, and that's normal and okay. Um, but there gets to be a point where we become over reliant or over-dominant on one side. And that leads to mobility issues on, on certain sides and uh, strength issues and endurance issues and things like that. So we want to make sure that we stay within reason from left to right side. So uh, I saw the study, and I thought it was a really important one that we talk about. And it looked at a military population. And what they looked at was uh, quad strength between the left and right side. Now, why might something like that be important? Well, like think when with the activities that you do, if you have one side that moves better than the other or one side that's stronger than the other, you are going to be really limited on things that you can do, and your body's going to have to compensate in order to complete tasks that you that you want so if you have really good shoulder mobility on one side and really poor mobility on the other side and you start doing hanging exercises or monkey bars and things like that your body has to figure out a way to get into that position because you're not you're not balanced. So you start twisting, turning, relying on one side. Now we have a shoulder issue that is gonna be hard to get rid of. Uh, same thing with our hips. If our hips aren't uh, moving the way that we want them and now you're running a lot, which is probably a common thing, you might be putting too much pressure on one side. One one leg's not going through the gait cycle the way it's supposed to, so it compensates by turning the foot out or, or whatever. It, it's lots of different ways we can compensate. Uh, so now we have an issue. So these are real problems that people experience. And I'm not saying these asymmetries cause everything, but I think they are high up on the list. So when we have a strength imbalance, this can lead to lots of problems. So what they did in the study, looking at um, uh, military, the military, they wanted to see if bilateral quad strength differences led to uh, or help them display odds of Eat uh, knee injuries. So basically, they they took a group of 150 individuals, and they split them up according to those that reported previous knee injuries and those that did not. And so they kind of worked backwards. They wanted to see, okay, which ones had the injuries. Now let's test their quad strength and let's see if there's a correlation here. Um, and in fact, there there was. So what they found were those that reported knee injuries. Um, Demonstrated larger bilateral quad strength differences. So they they saw a difference of about 13% from one side to the other. Uh, When we look at the non injured side or the the non injury population, they did see a difference as well. Theirs was only around 8%. So that may not seem like a big difference, but um, that was significant, uh, statistically significant enough that it showed that correlation that those that had. Um, the bigger differences from left to right side strength were the ones that were reporting more knee issues. Um, they were able to make the conclusion that um, those with a less than 10% difference between left and right side quad strength, they saw a reduction in 77% or reduced odds of 77% of uh, knee issues. So I think that's a, a big a, a very significant point to bring up that those that had fairly close, and again, not perfect, but pretty symmetrical quad strength on the left and right side were the ones that were reporting. Uh, the least amount of previous injury at least in regards to the knee and i think if we look at other studies we're going to see similar things there so what to make all of this it's really make sure you're looking at your imbalances you probably have a side that you really like and you want to always start with your right side or you always start with your left arm or whatever it might be we need to mix things up we need to make sure you're including unilateral exercises if all you're doing are traditional squats um, and again, nothing against squats, but if that's all you do, you really can't expose any of these differences, right? Doing lunges, doing step-ups, doing uh, split squats and Bulgarian squats and, and all these single leg or single arm movements are going to start to expose your differences, right? Like a, an example of a great movement you can do is like a Turkish getup. If you do a Turkish getup on uh, holding the weight in your right arm and it's no big deal, and then all of a sudden you really struggle with your left side, that's something we need to work on. So number one is identify these imbalances and asymmetries whether it be mobility um, or strength and endurance once we've identified it now we have to start working on it so you can work out of balance a little bit a good idea if i know my left side is is weaker significantly weaker than my right side something i can do is let's just say i'm doing uh turkish get-ups For an example so i'm going to start on my left side when i have the most amount of energy to work on on that side so i'll do my reps on my left side then i'll move to my right side and then i can go back to my left side and do an extra amount of sets right we know there's a deficiency so why not add more sets um, in order to uh, close that gap and improve that balance there so um, whatever the exercise is adding an extra set is is not a bad idea. If nothing else, start with that side so you can really devote more energy to really concentrating on improving that that side there. So keep your asymmetries in check, make sure you're not um, developing too many imbalances there. But I think this is an important thing that we really look at um, if we wanna reduce the uh, amount of injuries that we're suffering. So um, definitely check, check those things out uh, for yourself and see if you need to start improving one side or the other. All right. Well, it's time for our Coach's Corner. And on today, I have Coach Quentin Pullen, better known as Coach Q, where his motto is everything fitness. Now, I first met Coach Q uh, a few years ago, actually, when we were both going through the Spartan SGX program. Uh, Q is just an awesome person, always willing to help out, and just, just a great guy to know. So Uh, We've kept in touch over the years, and I saw all the great things that he's doing on a fitness and therapy side, so I want to get him on and talk a little bit more about it. Uh, He's just had a really cool path that we get into in the interview with, um, kind of started as a, a skinny guy who wanted to put on some muscle, actually got into competitive bodybuilding, and kind of saw how that was affecting his body and started to take more of a functional and holistic approach to training and then eventually got into more of the therapeutic side and rehab, which is uh, just a really cool story, really cool path. So I'm excited to get him on here today for the interview. Uh, just a quick heads up, we had a little bit of connection issues, so some of the audio may get cut off. I did the best I can to edit it, but I apologize about that. And one other side note, Coach Q one time, brings up that I am a, a former Navy, and I just wanted to make sure I, I did. Uh, I didn't want to interrupt him as he was in the flow, but we talked afterwards, and I'm not. I uh, was never in the military. Obviously, a huge supporter, but uh, just want to make that clear. Uh, but let's get into the interview. All right, guys. Well, it is time for our Coach's, Coach's Corner, and on with me today, I have Coach Q. How are you doing today?
1: hey i'm doing fantastic man how you doing
0: (laughs) good good i know this is a long time coming i we we should have set this up a long time ago we were trying to we finally made it happen so i'm pretty excited about that
1: yeah dude i was so looking forward to us being up on the mountain (laughs) i know doing this outdoors in the mountain somewhere you know that would have been fun
0: i think uh we're gonna follow this up so um so Coach Q and I both uh both have a place up in Big Bear out in California. And uh we both do our best. You make it out there a lot more than I do, so I am jealous. But uh <laughs> I, I think our follow-up is gonna be uh doing doing some stuff we're gonna talk about today, and so people can see what we're actually talking about, I think.
1: Absolutely. Okay, cool. Very
0: yeah, nice. so but let's let's back up a little bit because you've you know, we've known each other a couple years, and I know there's a big story sure. before. We've met about you, and I want to share that with our listeners on just okay. how you started in the whole fitness world. Let's let's just start there. Did
1: okay. So I'm gonna. The funniest thing is, um, I grew up a skinny kid, right? And so I remember specifically, you know, um, being. I think I was. It had to be like elementary or junior high school level, and in Atlanta where I grew up. We had guys and people that used to come and speak to the groups of kids right and i remember this guy man his name was superman blunt and this dude was jacked right and i'm i'm me being a skinny kid i'm like i wanna look like that dude right so (laughs) i used to draw pictures of bodybuilders and stuff like that when i was a kid you know and um i always told my parents as soon as i get old enough i'm gonna i'm gonna start lifting weights i'm gonna get big right And my parents were like, yeah, right, whatever. (laughs) So, you know, um, I joined the Marine Corps um, because that was another one of the the dreams that I had. I, I spent a lot of time in high school in the ROTC program. So I had this fascination with the military. And when I got into the military, my first duty station out of boot camp was in 29 Palms. And, you know, I'm like, okay, it's time for me to get in the gym. So I go down to the gym and I see these guys working out and I have no freaking clue of what I was doing. So I go to the gym every day and I think I did... Bench press every single day. And finally, one of this guy and this guy, you know, the funny thing I need to look this guy up on Facebook, his name was Eddie uh, Acevedo, right? Eddie walks up to me and he's like, hey man, do you want to come and work out with us? He goes, you know, we're doing powerlifting. They were on the Marine Corps powerlifting And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know what I'm doing. He goes, not not a problem, we'll teach you. So those guys got me starting in the gym, right? So I started going to the gym. I would run from the barracks down to the gym, do my workouts. And, you know, they say in the military, and I know you're a a Navy guy, in the military, you're either going to be a fitness freak, for an alcoholic, right? And so the alcoholic thing was not my deal, even though I tried it, it wasn't for me, you know? So um, I started doing the fitness thing in, in the military. So um, I remember going down to Palm Springs meeting a guy named Chris Cormier, who was one of the top amateur bodybuilders at the time. And he started bringing, let me come down there working out with him. And so I started getting more and more experience in the bodybuilding thing. And dude, I, I, I started loving it, right? So I'm like, I started sitting this skinny kid, put on this muscle. I graduated from high school I was 156 pounds and I ended up bulking up to about 195 pounds you know over in over like a year you know and so I'm like oh this is cool so I got stationed from 29 palms into Okinawa Japan and that's where I did my first bodybuilding show you know and um you know it was a great experience and for me in bodybuilding I got all the way up to uh, nationals and got like third you know so that was that was pretty cool but um the last bodybuilding show that I did um, was in Atlanta the Nationals in 2005. My father has cancer, so I don't want to continue doing this stuff to my body because truth be told, I was, I was doing the drugs and all the other things, right? So I didn't want to keep poisoning my body with that stuff, and I didn't know the long-term effects of it. And so I kind of transitioned from the bodybuilding world, you know, um, in 2005, in 2005, I had this idea that when I was in boot camp, man, I used to get in trouble because from day one, I kept asking the drill instructors, hey, when are we going to run the obstacle course, right? And these guys were like, would you shut up? And every time I would say that, they would pull me up to the front and make me dig, man. I'm like doing burpees and mountain climbers and pull-ups and all kinds of stuff. But I didn't care because that was making me stronger, you know? So Mm -hmm. I took that idea... From military boot camp of an obstacle course in 2005, I drew this big plan to build an obstacle course, right? But I didn't have the funding. And a couple of my clients at the time kind of discouraged me from doing this. And, no, that'll never make any money, right? Well, mm-hmm. look at us now, right?
0: <laughs> so <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. wild, right? So, yeah. And, you know, I think y- you have a similar story to a lot of people. And, and you know, bodybuilding is what people knew. That was fitness. You know, exactly. when you look back Arnold's 10 to 20 watching years ago, man, yeah. Right. And that's, I think, how a lot of us grew up. So, you know, my dad was a bodybuilder, not not competing, but he was the guy in the okay. gym, you know, and just what? he was a big guy. Like, I was scared a lot when I was growing up because this is just this big man. Um nicest guy in the world. But when you look at him, he just <laughs> has these huge muscles and looks like he could do bad things to you if he wanted to. Uh, so, and I was the same boat, you know, Dude, I think my I, dad
1: was five, four, <laughs>
0: <laughs> my dad was about six, two with long hair. And uh, long was- yeah. yeah. So I kind of followed that path. I was saying, just like you were saying, okay. uh, I was skinny guy, um, probably weighed same, like 100, 150, mm-hmm. 55 pounds in high school and, and wanted to be that big, big guy, like I think a lot of skinny guys wanted to be and kind of followed that path. But I, you know, fast forward to net to now, and I know I've told this story before, but the amount of issues my dad started to have with pushing his body so hard and doing it in that very specific way where you're trying to get bigger biceps, bigger quads, bigger, you know, whatever, like you're picking that muscle, you're going to isolate the hell out of it and just get it to bulk up. And that's what muscles do when you just put that amount of stress on it. But then when we see Now, what, when we uh, see what we know, how that training affects the body, it makes us think, is this really the path I want to take? And that's, that's kind of where I got started with all of this, where I, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good and getting bigger muscles, but I think there's a, a good way to do this that will get you better at racing, get you better at functioning and and all that. Yeah, exactly. And it, it seems like you took the same exact path, which is now what really that, like what I wanted to talk about with you today is where you're doing, what you're doing now and kind of what your past experience, um, you know, all those things that happened, what you're doing now with it. So let's, let's kind of start to dive into that a little bit about, so what specifically, what types of stuff are you into right now?
1: Oh man. So I told my business slogan is everything fitness. Right. And, Mm -hmm. And that means that there is absolutely nothing out there that I'm not gonna actually go and try, right? I, I'll tell you what um, speaking of today, I, I had this dream last night. Today was supposed to be my strength training day in the gym. I was supposed to do deadlifts and you know, all these things because I'm in a strength cycle right now. But I had this dream last night that I carry beer kegs up this freaking hill, right? So I woke up this morning and go, I have beer kegs, I have a hill, so I freaking carry beer kegs up a hill, right? And so In my mind, you know, I was like, this is going to be freaking hard, right? So I've never done anything like that. You know, I mean, I've carried those kegs around, but not up a hill, right? And so Mm -hmm. I I got these beer kegs. I think the whole bar weight was probably, these things are swinging all over the place. Your core is really, really engaged, right? And so I'm out in the middle of the street here in Costa Mesa, walking down the hill with beer kegs, got to the bottom. I turned around and walked back up that hill, right? Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be a lot harder in my mind and in my dream, I saw it being harder, but I'm realizing these days, man, I'm, a, I'm more of a tough motherfucker. So I'm, a, I'm gonna just challenge myself <laughs> that way, right? So, you know, people ask me what I'm into. I'm into moving the best that I can move, being the strongest I can possibly be and challenging myself to do things that most people would think impossible, right? Or, or they, they'd say you're crazy for doing these things, right? And so what I tell people is crazy to some people, is your mental limitation, right? Crazy is your inability to think past what the possible is, right? So so I'm doing those types of things now where, you know, even with, you know, I, I got into Spartan racing and obstacle racing and stuff like that because I built an obstacle course. But even to that degree, I don't race Spartan race that often, but I always wanna have the ability that if I say, okay, there's a race this weekend, I can go jump in and do it no matter how long it is, no matter how hard it is, right? Because that's just my mind telling me that I'll so, so do it, man. So, you know, I, I still love my way up a hill, so we'll see. You know, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do the one day to the next. You know, I just know that I'm going to challenge myself physically until... I'm at the top of my game. Right. So yeah. I don't know if that
0: makes sense to you, but you know. yeah, I'd I think you bring up a great point, because sometimes when I talk about, you know, injury prevention and this different different styles of training, more functional training, things like that. Some people right. start to think, well, it's not hard or like, it's not going to push me. And it's like, no, you, you absolutely, you're going to push yourself harder than you ever have before because you're going to be absolutely. doing it in ways you're not comfortable with that are different. Um, it's, it, you know, it's attacking your weaknesses and things like that. But yeah, just like you yeah. said, that's, the whole point of this is that you, there could be a race tomorrow and a friend was just like, let's go do it. And you're like, I can right. go do this. Right. Maybe, you know, it's not going to be like, I'm going to go win or I'm going right. to PR, but I'm going to do right. this. I'm going to exactly. compete. Like exactly. I'm going to push exactly. myself. I'll be totally fine. And I think that's a great place to be where right. Right. you can do anything. Right. Well, and you, I look
1: at it like this too. Yeah. I'm, I'm 48 years old. Right. And I look at 48 versus 28, 28 years old. I was bodybuilding. I was a big dude. Right. Um, uh, walk around the off off season at like uh, 60, right? But 22 minutes a mile, right? At 48 years old, and mile time is, is getting down to that eight, almost sub eight minute, you know, down to seven minutes, you know, and I'm like, you know, to be over 200 pounds, that's a pretty decent mile time. So, you know, those are the kind of things that I look at those measurables and go, you know, how do I feel when I'm doing this? Am I moving well? Am I getting better? Because you know, I hate hearing those people say, oh, I can't, right? I'm like, dude, it, what is that word, you know? I, I'm like, can't, you know? It, that's, to me, that's a four letter word. So <laughs> I look at it and say, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna go do it, right? So yeah. that, that's what motivates me, man. It motivates me to, to know that there's something out there that I haven't done that I can actually go and do or challenge myself and go, you know what? If I fell at it one time, I'm gonna go do it again, right? I'm gonna go do it again, so I can actually do that stuff and and feel proficient at it. Like, you know, a, a couple of years back, my wife was asking me what I want to do for my fiftieth. You know, I'll be 49 in March, so this is next year. And I go, you know, I want to climb Mount Whitney, and I'm like, okay, well, I've, I've been climbing mountains now, and that's getting pretty easy for me, so. Why not run Mount Whitney, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a challenge, right? So now I got to train for that, and that's, dude, that right, that that gives me chills down my spine thinking about running up at <laughs> like fourteen thousand freaking feet above sea level, right? That's, hey man, that's some long stuff, right? So I'm doing all those types of Absolutely. training, even my therapy, man, goes towards making me better be able to carry stuff up that high, you know. So yeah, man.
0: Yeah, you know, you know. know, you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think those, uh, those chills that you're feeling is a sign you're doing something worth doing. Right. And I think that's something we all can listen to right. those feelings that we get that you should be a little nervous. It should frighten you a little bit, right. you know, and, right. and, um, but, uh, you know, and if it's okay with you, I want to put a picture of, uh, you posted some of your bodybuilding pictures. I want to put post the picture on our show notes for this episode to show people <laughs> you are you are a big dude. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and people will see your picture and like physique is amazing. You're huge, strong. And people, a lot of times they see a picture like that and they think that's fitness, right? And that's, that's what we should strive for. And I don't want to bash right. bodybuilding. It's a sport. If you want to pursue that, 100%, go, go for it if that's your passion. But at the same time, know oh, no. is, that, is that what you really want? And all the stuff you're doing now, could you do that back then? And your body probably didn't move the way you wanted it in order right, to accomplish exactly. all this stuff.
1: So- Well, dude, the, the funniest thing is I've always been athletic, right? And so the, the funny thing is it's like in the off season, me saying I'm wearing 255, 260, at 255, 260, I could not move that well. But when I dropped down, I would compete between 208 and like 215 area. But at that lightweight, I could go out and run, right? And so I would run stadium stairs getting ready for shows. And, you know, the, the craziest thing is, and, and like you said, I'm, I'm not knocking bodybuilders. I'm saying in bodybuilding, um, fitness has evolved, man, to a point where we're doing mobility stuff. We didn't know about mobility back then. We're doing, mm-hmm. you know, all kind of corrective exercises. We didn't know about those things back then. And, and the coaches that did, those were sports coaches, right? Not not bodybuilding coaches. So mm-hmm. if you take that knowledge now, and put that same knowledge towards bodybuilding. You'll have a lot more functional bodybuilders who move really well, right? And mm-hmm. and I would think their physiques will look better, right? Um, two bodybuilders that come to mind is uh, Flex Willen, and Melvin Anthony. These dudes would do full splits on stage in their posing routines, <laughs> right? And so I'm like, dude, that's that's flexibility. They had that ability to do that kind of stuff. Now, yeah. could they go out and run a mile? Probably doubtful, you know. But you mm-hmm. know, that was their goal for their time, you know. I look at it those times back then and go, okay, what is this going to do to your body long-term? How are you going to feel at 50, 60, 70 years old, right? And so I I didn't want Mm -hmm. to have bypass surgery and all these things that like Schwarzenegger and those guys have had to have um, Sylvester Stallone. I I did not want that. So I started saying, you know what, I'm not putting the drugs in my body anymore. And I've actually um, evolved to the point where even the foods that I eat, man. If there's any kind of chemicals in those foods, I scrap that stuff, man. You know, so these days I do more like local farmer stuff, right? Because we know that those guys are not giving their cows um, steroids and antibiotics and you know, all those kind of things, right? And so I'm not cooking that stuff in my meat and putting that into my body, right? So I, I'm I'm not I'm not one of these um, I always call them um, <laughs> in, in our nutrition Jesus freaks. Like I'm not out there going, you know. I got to only eat a grain of rice, right? But what I'm saying is, is that the food choices and the, 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 the choices of the things that I put in my body, I want them to actually benefit me instead of causing some long-term issues, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to uh, talk a little bit about your therapy a little bit because I know, uh, you know from what we've talked in the past and just seeing some of your posts on, online, um, you, I think a lot of the approaches and methods you're using aren't the common thing that you're going to see if you go to you know a tr- kind of a traditional physical therapy office and exactly. um I, I i wanted to just get some insight on your approach to to therapy if we just uh specify on that
1: dude it's the same as fitness everything therapy too right because mm-hmm. there's there are things that people will doing therapy in therapy fads were in there. So, I look at it from a therapy point of, are you getting better? If you're not getting better, why the fuck are you still doing that therapy, you know? So, what I was able to do is, you know, I look and research all these different therapies and I go, you know, I'm not going to ever knock anybody for something that they do if it's working, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's working for somebody, that's that's the ultimate goal is to to satisfy the client, the patient that you're dealing with, right? So, what I I I um <clears throat> in 2015 I had a back injury, you know? I had a uh, 11 millimeter herniation and it took a year for the fluids to leak out and it compressed over onto my sciatic nerve, man. And I couldn't walk for like three weeks, you know, and that was the first time I've had like something like that. I mean, I tore my pec in bodybuilding, but you know, that's a pec. That's not, not being able to walk. Right. So when you Mm -hmm. can't walk, you can't drive, you can't work. That's freaking frightening, man. So waking up, um, back then I could, man, I, I, I would stand up for 30 seconds and fall to the floor because my nerve pain was so bad and I just didn't have the stability. So that freaked me out. And I was actually scheduled for surgery. Uh, June 27, 2016, I was scheduled for back surgery, right? They wanted to go in and cut the uh, herniation stuff out, uh, decompress that nerve. Um, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a veteran. And yeah, the VA, I go in, drugs, and I think I tried to do um, the hydrocodone oxycodone one day and it just didn't work with me it made me feel loopy in the brain so I started looking at other ways that I could get better you know so I called up um I was looking at the mobility watch stuff online uh, I called up Kelly Starr he's in uh, San Francisco area and I tell him what I'm dealing with right so it gives me a couple back exercises to do and um the VA gave me an epidural shot so it took the pain away so that I could actually move and then I started doing a lot of the stuff that Kelly told me to do um and at the same time I, I'll tell you you know I I will love Kelly Sorry forever, even if we don't become the best of friends. I love that guy forever because what he did was he says, qi I'm going to send you the certification for mobility level one." Right? He goes so that you can learn this online, so you can help fix yourself. Right? So he sends that to me for free. I was like, "Dude, who does that kind of stuff?" You know? So he sends that to me for free. I do the course online. I start doing the movements, and the pain starts going away. And I start moving. I start training again. Right? So I show up to surgery, and I'm in the. OR, the surgeon walks up to me, he goes, and he goes, how do you feel? I said, I feel fucking great. He goes, why are you here? I go, because you told me I have to have surgery. And I'm like, um, he goes, if you feel good, go home. And I, this is 6 a.m. I've been at the hospital from 6 a.m. to noon. He's giving me to do surgery. I'm like, I've been <laughs> sitting here for six hours. My wife took the day off work, and you're telling me to go home now? That's unacceptable, right? But then my wife goes, uh-uh, go home. If you feel good, he's telling you he's gonna put you in pain, go home, right? So I went home and that doctor, and I thank God for him because he saved me from going through a lot of heartache and pain. We're trying to recover from back surgery mm-hmm. now, right? So it has taken discipline for me to, to keep that away. Now, that's why I started doing more therapy things. I, I actually went back and um, I think Dr. Perry Nicholson was had these little dots on his face and I emailed him. I'm like, what are those dots for, you know? So he starts telling me about it. I'm interested in that. And I flew back to that course. It's called AP, it's a frequency therapy, right? So I go back. I got to do something in order to believe it works, you know? So I go mm-hmm. back, I take the seminar and the very first day, the doctor that's given the seminar, I go, yeah, I got, I had this back injury. He goes, Hey, come up. So I go up. He put two little dots on my low back. Right. He tells me to go away and drink a bottle of water. I'm like, okay, dude. Right. So I go away. Mm-hmm. We're taking the class about an hour later. He goes, Q, how did your back feel? I stand up. I go into a full squat. Right. I'm like, wait, you know, I'm like, I don't feel anything, you know? So I text my wife, I go, I have zero pain right now. She goes, well, that's what you went out to find out. So enjoy it, right? So, you know, right. if that could work for me, right? If it worked for me and I actually see that, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna put this into my therapy bag. I got a toolbox, right? It's my therapy bag. So i got A in there, right? Then I got sports freak because they start telling it towards athletes, right? And then because I'm a, I'm a freaking educational freak I started looking at frequency therapy to see how long this has been around, right? So I started looking back, dude, this has been around since 1895, you know? So I'm like, wow, technology has advanced. So now they actually have these little machines instead of having to stab you with a frequency rod, right? So they have these little machines that actually can drive that frequency, right? So I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Come to find out, Terrell Owens was using this when he got in the super, had a, had a spiral fracture in his uh, tib fib towards ACL, MCL. And played in a Super Bowl six two weeks later. How how does anyone do that? I mean, you you know that that injury is about an eighteen month to twenty four month injury. So how did this guy get back that quickly, right? Mm-hmm. So I I went over and took that education, right? And so <laughs> that now is one of the major parts of my therapy because now I see how well that works, you know. And I'll, I'll make you laugh at this because I, I look at myself and I go, I kind of do things a little bit on the backward side. Uh, I know you teach uh, FMS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a frequency movement screening, uh, a functional movement screen, I'm sorry. I went and got the functional movement screening because I'm like, okay, I need to be able and it's it up, right? So I got that a little bit backwards, but it's okay because now that's in my tool belt too. So I have all these tools, man, to look at how to, the way people move. Now I can't turn that shit off. I see people walking around and they got duck feet. I'm like, you got bad hips, man. So, you know, mm-hmm. The therapy thing has been really, really fascinating to me. That side of my business is really growing. That side of the business is growing the fitness side now. So because it's all linked together, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, I, I think that's why one of the reasons I, I, you know, I respect you and everything you're doing is because you're not you, you don't have a myopic view of everything where it's just here's how I treat everything. It's I have all these tools, they all work great. I just need to find the right situation to apply each thing. And now I can test and and which, you know, everybody should do, whether you're seeing a therapist, whether you're working out, it's, I have a problem. Maybe it's, I'm not strong. I have pain, whatever. We do something about that. And then did something get better? If it got a little better, okay, let's pursue that more. If it didn't, all right, you know, maybe we had to give it more time or, you know, eventually you're gonna have to say, I need to try something else. And then, you know, that's, that's, that's I, I think if you are working with somebody, a therapist or a coach or or whoever, um, that's something to really look out for is that they don't have the one size fits all mentality. It's I'm going to test, you know, unfortunately, it's really hard to say I have the perfect the perfect situation for you. It's
1: oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But but what's the end goal here? The end goal is to not be in pain, to move better. And to to function well in life, right? And dude, I, you know, I used to I used to be a, a student of deep tissue massage, right? I used to think, oh man, the deeper you go, the harder you go, the better it's gonna be for me, right? But then I started thinking about it. If I'm going so deep that you're cringing, that's fucking trauma, right? Mm-hmm. So back off a little bit, you know. In the physical therapy world, they don't do that, you know. I'll give you a second, I'll relax, but I'm going right back to fucking pain because. You're still putting me in pain. Right. So, yeah, you're not really correcting the problem. What you're doing is you're forcing that body to say, "Okay, I give up temporarily, you know, Mm -hmm. until you actually address what the underlying issues with all this stuff is, you know. And sometimes check this out. Sometimes it could be emotional. Right. Sometimes you can have an emotional block towards movement where. That emotional problem causes you to, to feel like that injury is still there, even though it, even though you're better, you know? And I see mm-hmm. this, I, I, you know, I listen to a lot of the, the sports players when they come back from ACL tears and knee stuff and things like that. And they go, you know, you know, I just don't feel, I don't feel like I can do this, right? Not that they have anything structural. It's like their mind is telling them you had an injury. Now I'm afraid to move the way I used to because I think I'm going to get injured again, right? So, dude, I have stuff that even treats that part the emotional part right so Mm -hmm. it's like this world in health and fitness is so freaking big it's not two-sided you know it's a big round globe that keep getting that knowledge right keep learning more of how to better service your 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 patients and your clients right and you you got to start looking at your clients as being your patients as well because you know when they have an issue if you can treat that issue right on the spot you know it it, it makes them better makes you more valuable to them you know
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, you brought up that emotional side and, and obviously all the topics we're, we're bringing up, we could spend hours on each one and we're just kind of doing a, an overview, but I think, you know, that's, that's an important thing to bring up because we don't, we're really, we never talk about that side of it. Right. And how your personal experience from your past can affect how you move, how you move today. Like one person looks at a kettlebell and they're like, I'm ready to go. I love this thing. Another person had a bad experience with it, and now it affects how they move. They, they totally change everything because they have that fear in that object, because they had a bad experience one time years ago or something like that. So um, exactly. I, I think that's a, an important thing to bring up, that it's not always as simple mm-hmm. as the physical, here's what's going on. But
1: Right, right. You know. I had um I did something stupid on Saturday. I was I went to work out with my my class and we were doing uh, some obstacles and things like that. And I was really excited to do it, but as the coach, I was setting up and I had my wife start doing the warm up with everyone. And so they're all warming up and I'm setting up. And so then they get into the session and I didn't warm up. You know, I did a couple of things here, but after the session, dude, my knee was throbbing right. And I'm just like ah. So you know, I go and I start feeling around on my knee knowing better that it's really not the knee that's driving this stuff. So it took a couple days before the knee pain started to go away. And then I started feeling my low back, right? And so I realized, that it was my hips and stuff that were causing that problem. And I had I worn up my hips thoroughly, which I know better, you know, if I'd have done <laughs> that, then I wouldn't have dealt with that little knee issue. You know, so sometimes where you feel the pain is not where the pain is coming from, right? So what the, the type of therapy that I do I look for the root cause, you know? I look like, what's driving this pain, you know? And, and check this out, dude. People don't realize that your organs, your organs can be driving pain all over your body and in random spots. And you, you don't know that unless someone palpates your, your, your organs and feels what's going on to tell you, oh, your liver's inflamed, feel your lymph nodes and say, hey, your lymph nodes are freaking swollen, right? So if that's an issue like that, and that's a global thing, right? So if you can correct that global issue, that pain seems to go away. I had a guy come see me last Friday. He said, I have a shoulder pain and knee pain on the same side, right? So I started feeling around. Dude's freaking lymph nodes were inflamed, you know? So we did a couple mobility things so I can see how he moved. But I did a um, lymphatic drain on him. And then I sent him home with a, a gut protocol for his organs, right? He texts me two days later. He goes, man, I I, I feel much better. And I'm like, we didn't even really do much, right? But <laughs> I, but i know that his organs were screwed right so so just correcting those things makes him feel better move better and and it actually makes you more excited to go and train and do all those other things you know
0: yeah yeah exactly so to to finish off here uh, i know we we talked about a ton of stuff but what would you recommend you know, um, I, wanna, I want you to leave your contact info in case anybody's in the Southern California area and, and can actually meet with you and wants to talk to you more. But um, let's say they're not. They're in, you know, on the East Coast, another country, whatever, listening to this. Do you have any tips? Like, okay, I have an issue. Like, where should I, where should I start? Like, what can I do to find somebody to help me?
1: Well, you know, the, the cool thing is, in the way we're communicating right now over the internet, right? A person can call me from freaking Egypt, right? And go, coach, I have this issue with this, mm-hmm. right? And so I can have them do a couple movements, you know, and see how they move, right? And then I can say, well, here's a mobility movement, you know, here's this, that, and the other to actually see if this works for you, you know? And then we can actually online um, um, treat you, you know? Um, One of the biggest things is people don't breathe properly, right? So if you look at a person's Mm T-spine in a way that they're breathing, you know, we we live in a world where we're not even at 40% of our full capacity, right? I want to be at hundred percent of my full capacity. So there's I'm gonna to learn to breathe correctly because even breathing and freeing up your T-spine can correct a lot of shoulder issues, can correct a lot of other issues downstream, right? So if a person wherever you are, you know, there's something that we can do. Like I said, I, I reached out to Kelly Starr, he's up in the San Francisco area, you know. Mm-hmm. he hadn't seen me, he hadn't touched me, he hadn't done anything, but he says you know, with his experience of dealing with facts, you know, try these things, right? And if those things don't work, I don't know if you've seen his book, man, but he's over 600 mobility movements in that thing, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so if this one doesn't work, this might work. If this one doesn't work, this might work, you know? So I, dude, this is this is so fascinating to me and, and anybody. I tell anybody, you want to feel better, you want to move better, come up and see me, you know, or or do some online stuff with me because we can figure out how to make you better, you know, but you got to be mentally willing to say to, to drop that can't word right or to drop that I don't have time or oh I forgot right how many times do our clients tell us oh hey did you do mobility or oh, I forgot right oh, mm-hmm. what did you forget you were in pain you mm-hmm. know so
0: yeah and I, I think that that's first step right is it's just like anything you have to be willing to work you're gonna put mm-hmm. some time in you gotta try some stuff and and just Absolutely. see see what works and, and what helps you out so um well let's uh, so if somebody does want to reach out to you where, where should they go uh how should they reach out
1: Okay, so my website is www.qthecoach.com. It's also qthetherapist.com. They can reach me at um, q underscore d underscore coach on Instagram. And they can also reach me on Facebook through my Facebook fan page at um, Coach Q, right? So there's awesome. a lot of things like that. I mean, there's I'm accessible. I'm actually now, I just revamped my website um, for this year and just launched that thing. So I'm actually putting little how-to videos on there for people to see how to, you know, how to flip a tire, you know, Mm -hmm. how to do this mobility movement to to help your back or your shoulders or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, eventually that's going to be a paid thing. But until, you know, we build that market, I I want to be able to
0: help people. So that's my thing. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, to make it easier for everybody, I'm going to, I'll put links of all this in the show notes for this episode so they can uh, always go there and, and check it all out and yeah, take advantage, uh, uh, check out Q's website and see some of the videos that he has up there while, while you get them for free, which is uh, awesome. So Q, <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, uh, this is awesome time. Always great, uh, catching up and chatting with you. Brother. Thanks. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon, man. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. That was episode 58. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, I do realize in the beginning I talked about it being January, and you were listening to this at least in February when I released it. So I apologize for getting this out late, but I thought it was still all relevant stuff. And... Uh, Hopefully, you're still working hard on those uh, New Year's resolutions or other goals that you might set up for this year. Uh, I wanted to give a big thanks to our sponsors, uh, the OCR team at Umpqua Community College and Designer Protein, as well as a big thanks for Coach Q and spending some time and sharing uh, some of his tips and strategies for training and uh, recovery and therapy. Remember, if you want to reach out to Coach Q or uh, just check out any of the resources that we mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes at OCRunderground.com slash episode 58. As always, please subscribe to the show. Give us a rating if I've helped you out in any way with your OCR training. I would greatly appreciate it. And in fact, if you are looking for some more great training tips, we I redid our, my website. And actually as a kind of a, um, a, a new gift that i wanted to uh, release with uh, the new website i created this uh, really cool two-week training program packaged up for you uh, follow along and really you can do it more than two weeks but i kind of got you started with the two-week plan and uh, if you want to get a, cop- a copy of that you can go to the show notes or you can go directly to ocrunderground.com slash free training uh, that's it for now we'll be in touch soon and uh, keep training smarter